Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. What's up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Black and Go Hockey Podcast. Whether you're a longtime listener or your first time downloading, we truly appreciate the support. This is episode 222, and we're recording on Sunday, March 28th, 2021. And the show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Please go to BetOnline.ag today and use promo code CLNS50 for a sweet sign-up bonus that you'll receive after making your first deposit. We have another episode full of Boston hockey talk coming to your ears. Uh, of the Bruins Pardon family and the eyes of the YouTube viewers. And if you haven't checked out our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel, please do so and hit the subscription tab and notifications bell. You can also follow us on Instagram at Black and Gold Hockey. But enough with that silliness. Again, Heather Ingerson coming in hot. We have so much to talk about. We have Isabel Cup updates from the Boston Pride. We've got news surrounding, we've got trade talk, everything's going on. But before we get to that, I want to know how your week was and how was everything going in, in, in England. England was pretty much like it always is, a little bit nutty, but getting through. Uh, you know, it was good weather this week. We're back to March. You know, it's like cloudy and overcast here, but it was good weather. People were in better moods. Got out of the house a little bit. We went down, had beef pizza on Tuesday or Monday. I don't remember because my kid loves the ocean, so let him go down there. He's like, can I put my leg in it? I'm like, I wouldn't, but if you feel like it does. <laughs> I'm not putting my leg into it until July 1st, son, but if you feel like you want to put your foot in there, feel free. Uh, yeah, but overall good. How was your week? Good? Not bad. Not bad. Just another busy week as usual, but a lot of fun and and uh, it's 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 another roller coaster when it comes to the Boston Bruins, and we're bringing it back to a little bit of hockey and away from the the realities of life. But you know, it's um it's it, we're coming into a a real tough time of the season right now where we're trying to find an identity. Um, but I don't know. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna get yeah. into all that. Before we do that, we do have to talk about show sponsor BetOnline.ag. 
BetOnline.ag has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Um, Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, online wagering experts. So, Heather, you are now officially in charge of running this agenda because I do uh, I not, do do well at, not do well at lists, I guess. <laughs> I, I need the talking for that matter. But uh, um, where, where are we going from here? I mean, we, we do have such an amazing um, uh, agenda. We really, um, we really went to town on this one. I, I took a, a couple hours typing it all in. So um, love it. But let's go. All right. Well, I would like to start by uh, bringing up that I in I have one life that is Inga the Big Mouth. I have like 27 lives. I'm like the saint, the movie The Saint. I have all these different identities. But one of them is being part of the local uh, hockey organization. And we are doing like a big spring fundraiser. It's going to culminate on Monday, April 6th at our flatbread pizza fundraiser in Amesbury. So if you live local, feel free to come get takeout or dine in and support the kids, get a portion. But part of that, uh, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, thank you, Mark, donated one of these awesome prizes that we get, well, like, it, you know, from the Patreon pool, a Terry O'Reilly jersey that we are raffling off. All the money that we build is going to go towards new jersey purchases next year because we're going to need some new jerseys. We'll talk about that when a, a press release for that should be appropriate. Not right now. But um, if anybody wants to get in the action, see, I... Did not have enough time to set up like really selling online, right? So tickets are a doll, one for five, five for 20, and 10 for 40. If you live local, I will be in person selling tickets at the Graph Rink in Newburyport on Monday, the 29th of March, and Wednesday, the 31st from five to seven at the graph. I'll be hanging out in the lot. You'll see me. I'll have a sign. You you can't miss me. I'm loud. And also if you listen to this, you know, my voice, you'll hear me. I sound just the same loud and just thing. Um, or next weekend on Friday in the afternoon to evening and close and Saturday all day at Vermette's, uh, market in downtown in Amesbury on Pond street. We'll be out front, me, the kids, whoever, someone, We'll be there selling tickets. Um, if you want to get in, I, I know a lot of you, maybe you don't live around here. Maybe you're interested. Mark's been harassing me about information. This is the thing. is I didn't have enough time to really come up with like an online sales thing. That being said, I am also the keeper of the tickets. So if you DM me at Inga the Big Mouth, then I will be more than happy. We'll figure out because I do have a couple people who are also on the board that we can Vemo money to if you have that app, which most people do now because uh, Mark wasn't sure what I was talking about, but most of you out there probably know what I'm talking about and you can send money and I can let you know that way. And what will happen is if you would like choose to do that option and support, A, I thank you in advance because that's awesome. It's all for the kids. We all do it for the kids. Uh, but you guys send me your information, you know, your name, email, and your phone number. 
you once we know the deposit money you went in for the you know you bought the tickets then i will send you a screenshot of your tickets with them filled in so you have a receipt for yourself because in case you're not in essex county massachusetts and can show up at any of these things but in that in that case if you are we i would love to see you in person come on down you know what i mean if you'd like to buy some tickets say hello and everyone if you're local and can get to flatbread pizza on tuesday the 6th Feel free to come down and support Triton Eames or Amesbury Triton uh, Youth Hockey. And thank you. Thank you, Mark. And I will be, because Mark is concerned for the YouTube viewers, I will be sending out a tweet with the what I just said for the rest of that info that is not on the banner. He will forward it to everybody who does not follow me. That being said, feel free to follow me and you will see it on your own. But we'll get the information out that way too. So if you are local, if you want to stop and get in-person tickets, or if you are local, I can we can make arrangements to meet up to do that too. So just if you'd yeah. like to support, great, no pressure. Uh, but for the kids, hoping to make a lot of money, short order. So get in the action. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, a great fundraiser. Uh, we're supporting our local. Uh, community here in Amesbury. We grew up here. We live here, mm-hmm. uh, and it's Amesbury pride all the way. So, um, uh, and and flatbread is a great great pizza maker. Um, mm-hmm. All organic materials, really good stuff. Locally um, sourced and, as much as yeah, possible. Yeah, uh, lots of great things that have happened just in this in this community to raise money for it, an awesome thing. And 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 hockey, youth hockey is where it all starts. You know, that's where the dream happens. So if we can get those those one percent of National Hockey Leaguers that make it uh, this far from these beginnings and, and in our community, it's 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 very beneficial for everybody. So please do what you can to donate. And we're going to be doing these more often and we'll we'll be on the ball a little bit more uh, with uh, ways to do it online credit card and so on because we, re- we really want to do do our part to help uh, raise as much money as possible so we'll use as many avenues as possible and i'll work with uh our bruce sullivan our guy and we'll get more of these jerseys to make that happen yeah well we appreciate that um i know maura who is on the board with me but she's in charge of kind of our social media and stuff she does that she when you retweeted their tweet you know her tweet about the thing um she was like that's pretty awesome i was like trust me i'm like i'll retweet it all you want but only 400 <laughs> people care what i have to say a lot right. of people care what mark has to say so anyways that's just that that's my pitch sale uh that being said uh anybody who may listen to this that does live in town or around here and was at vermets on friday night i did sell tickets for a couple hours there and as always everyone's super generous vermets is the hot spot that's where all the locals the townies the people who are townies so you show up because Vermets is awesome. So, so you can support youth hockey and local businesses. It's like an awesome all around spread out the money. You know what I mean? That's so, right. All right. That being said, get in on that action. Again, I'll tweet that out later, but let's talk about last week's action, Mark. Okay. We will. Um, we only had two games because stupid COVID protocol canceled Tuesday, which is fine. Because really, did we have to play the Islanders twice this week? I'm kind of glad we did. So, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, on Thursday, we lost great four to three in overtime. I know we're all shocked we lost to the Islanders. I thought we were going to win that one. And I was like, can't get excited yet because this team has broke my heart too many times on the flip side. But it did feature the return of Tuka Rask for six minutes or whatever that he was there. And uh, I'm not laughing because he had to leave. We obviously, we'll talk about Tuka later. Uh, Halak thrown in to finish out the game. Overall, I don't think, I mean, uh, Carson Coleman was in. Great. Uh, 
he scored a goal. He was up, he was in, scored a goal, and then had to go have an MRI on his hand and is now injured. But while he was there, he was very effective. Uh, Coleman scored from McAvoy and Bjork. Uh, Steve Camper was up. He's, again, a guy who's not always there, but he really does when he is there stand up and does in like, it's such a good organizational player. Just we always, we always uh, like to give him his praise because he does do when he's up there. And uh, McAvoy and Krejci, and Bjork scored too. Back, he's been popping in and out of the lineup. You never know who's going to be there with these rotating casts of injuries and COVID kids. Uh, yeah, but Bjork from uh, Coyle and Wagner, which was nice to see them get on the board because that situation's been a little dry on that end lately. To be polite, because we love them. Um, but of course, in short order and overtime, we lost on a uh, Beauvillier shot. Beauvillier, <laughs> I can't say. Yeah, Beauvillier. I don't know why my French is failing me. Olivier. Today. Yeah. Thank you. Olivier. I don't know. I coming out weird. Like I know how to say these French names. And I'm the one that uh, can't talk. <laughs> yeah, no, but normally I'm much better with names. You know, I got the Russian yeah. and French names covered. Usually <laughs> the Finnish, they throw me off a little, but uh, yeah. So anyways, 32 shots, power play still. I, I know everyone's like, calm down about the power play. We're still as good as we were last year on the power play. Yeah, but I still, in the playoffs, we're going to need to score more than once on every four power play chances. This is all my point. Is I know they're not, like, it's not atrocious, but I just, if we do continue to be in the playoff picture, we're going to need to score on the power play to, I don't know, beat the Islanders. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Yeah. So now that I've blabbed on and on, Mark, recap. Was it good to see Tuca? Tell me what your feelings were on Thursday. Fans in the stands. Yeah, we'll talk about that later on. We yeah. do have an interview with the Luchador who is in the house, so we're going to talk to him and get him involved in, in the experience, but stay tuned for that later on. Uh, great to see fans in the stands. Great to hear some real voices. Uh, the game, on the other hand, is just another New York Islanders-Boston Bruins game this, this season. Just real tough to get a grasp on why this is so – it's such a hard team to try to handle. Um and I know this is, this is a list of injuries, um, but we don't use injuries as excuses. You know, it, it's always that next man up mentality. Let's get it going. We've been working on that for years. Um, but getting it all together has is, is, is been a, ta- a real tough task this year. And there could be a lot of different things that are going on, uh, you know, especially with the way Chris Wagner talked about uh, recently with the, you know, this is – Going through these t- pandemic times isn't easy for anybody. And, you know, we're sorry for the ones that have lost folks and so on, but and also the ones that are going through mental mental health issues. Um, you know, so I mean, th- th- it all plays a factor in, in how this team plays and how individuals perform. So, um, you know, we just got to get back into some kind of normalcy, get back on track, and maybe we'll see these players all really buy in and get into it. So, I mean, there's so many avenues of, of struggles, you know, so yeah. we'll see what happens, but the, the, going back to the game, just to bring it back, it's just, um, you saw some good things from Anders Bjork. I thought his game was really good. Um, it, getting involved, getting into the areas where he's so effective in using his shot and his speed and positioning. So, uh, he's, he's starting to really come around and so on. Um, Carson Kuhlman, that's really good to see him getting a goal, you know, uh, so that secondary, type of uh atmosphere that you know the we, we need it we need it from a uh, uh, committee and not just um three people on the top line so um yarrow continues to struggle and i'll talk about it later well that was that game i do have to say not the worst loss we've had to the islanders this year uh but i definitely think that we look a little 
crusty, like just as a team, like we're not a bad, I'm not saying I still think we'll make the playoffs. I'm not on that end of the seesaw Bruins nation. I definitely think we'll still make the playoffs, but I also need us to play a little less mediocre at times. So like stop playing down or media, you know what I mean? Like you got to figure it out because like the injuries aren't going to go away. I mean, we only have 20 games left. It's not a long season and we don't have the two extra months of games or whatever normally. So that being said, I absolutely understand there's a lot of injuries and I understand like we're living in a weird COVID world and the whole world has a little bit of PTSD from it and things like that. And so, I mean, I don't, it just seems to me like more of the same. Do you know what I mean? But definitely a better effort than the last week, I think of games we played, but still not looking like the Bruins. Although great secondary school. I agree with you. It's nice to see like Bjork seems to be getting a little more consistent because part of his problem was he was doing sort of like we complain about DeBrusque, right? Like he's brilliant in a minute. And then you're like, where the hell are you? Or what are you doing? So I'm happy to see that. Cause you know, I'm a big advocate of it. yesterday though. I, oh, what? Go ahead. What, one, one thing that concerned me a little bit was time again. I mean, we, we did have t- uh, two games that were postponed, due to the COVID protocols. And then that, that created, I think, four or five days. I want to say four days, Heather, right? Yeah, I think, I think the game was the fifth day. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, in a condensed season like this, and you're playing every other day, sometimes back-to-back situations, I thought that this game, and I, I know it's a freaking island, isn't it? I just want to... But... I know he's just gonna figure it out man and you had the rest to do it that's what kills me about it so yeah I was gonna say I I just they are gonna have to figure out the Islanders they're going to have to because at some point you're probably gonna see see them in the playoffs you're freaking done well the way we're seated we will see them in the play like go figure we won't get out of the first round I don't want to be Toronto this is so new and I already fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, I really, when I sent that tweet, this next game we're going to talk about, yesterday we did beat Buffalo 3-2, to two, but there was a lot of that game. It looked like we were going to lose to the Sabres. And I almost started crying somewhere halfway through the second period. I cry when I'm sad and when I'm really mad because I am i can't just punch walls out like when I was a teenager or whatever. But I, I really was. The funny thing is, is I almost said, when I tw- did my Dear Hockey Gods tweet, I almost said, even if it's Nick Ritchie, because Barry had said to me, because I'm like, someone needs to score. Like, I'm like starting to get the wines. Like, I'm like, st-. he's like, even if it's Nick Ritchie. I'm like, even if it's Nick Ritchie, yes, I will be happy if Nick Ritchie scores a goal. I said it. I said it. And what happened? Anyways, let's well, talk about it. So keep that positivity up next time. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo was definitely looked better than us for a lot of that game at times. We were kind of sloppy. So I don't know if they look better than us because obviously that seems a little hyperbole playing uh, thing. You can see the frustration. Buffalo is playing like a team that just wants it to be effing done. Like they don't even want to be here anymore. They have a new coach again. Their star player got an injury. You know, other people now there's, tra- you know, like. They're like all hoping to get traded at the trade deadline. They're like, if you could burn this shit down and send us all somewhere else, that'd be great. They never wanted it. This is probably the only team that ever wanted the league to move them to a different destination. And like, again, it confuses me because I feel like these owners should be all in there, that type of personality, but they're just not. Uh, But anyways, uh, we were down, but Grizzlick scored to get us back in the game. I think we were down two to one and then Grizz scored. Uh, 
Then it was a little bit, and then Nick Ritchie scored, right? McAvoy, Zaboro, God, McAvoy, I just love that dude so bad. And then Craig Smith was the hero coming through, a couple minutes left. Yes, Craig Smith, although you couldn't get excited because I really thought we were going to lose to Buffalo, and then I probably would have had to drink myself into a nap by 4 o'clock around yeah. when the game was just getting done. But Craig Smith from Krejci and Nick Ritchie. So thank you, Nick Ritchie. You know the person who really has an issue with me? I would like to say thank you, Nick Ritchie, for your performance versus Buffalo yesterday. You got two points in the last 30 minutes of the game or whatever. Good on you. So we win. Seneshin was back in yesterday, yeah? Oh, man. what That line, ooh, that third line looked really, really, really good. I was so proud of that line. And um, uh, yesterday, I was real proud of Trent Frederick getting uh, time on the front line with uh, with Marshan and Pasternak. And I didn't think he looked out of place. I think he looked like he had a huge jump in his step. Uh, just being a menacing player, but also offensively productive. Maybe he didn't get on the score sheet, but he was doing those things that you love to see his game round out to. He could be that tough guy, but he can also be that guy that can bury a freaking uh, NHL release right in the back of the freaking twine. So that's the stuff I really want to see from Trent. That's the stuff that people see on his projections when they, you know, said, why, why did they pick him? He's a freaking, he's a center, but he's projected to be a fourth liner. No, no, no. This is something that people need to see more of to get more of the Freddie sweet sauce built inside of them. Heather, I'm talking to you, girl. Okay. First of all, calm down. He's not going to be, he's not going to be a top line player probably, but I didn't think Brad Marchand would be, and I love Brad Marchand. So See? I don't know. Like yeah. sometimes players. That Table being said, she was on the other. You know, it's it's well, it's no, no. That's what I mean, though. But it was a good game for him, though, because as well as he's done, I, he's not ready to be on the top line. So Buffalo was yeah. a good opponent, good taste. Good taste. rather than on you know versus the Islanders. Just even like we talked about with the kids, like letting them let them go as far as you can let them go, but. Also understand, like, there are certain parameters they're going to only be able to work in. You know what I mean? And, like, that – so, like, good it was a good situation for him to get the heavier kind of responsibility, minutes, whatever that goes along with. I he's mean, still learning. He's still learning, yeah. you know? So putting him in these yeah. different situations is, yeah. is, is just good for your for future growth. Well, it's the same thing, though, that they've been – they did with – they do with DeBrusque, right? He, they, they put him on the top sometimes, whether that's to move them or because of injury. They've done that with Bjork, right, since he's been up. I mean, I do think eventually you have to kind of let a player have a spot and settle them in there. But for the young kids, they're still trying to figure out what that spot is. And also, for as much as he's a center, Trent Frederick actually is a good winger. So just leave mm-hmm. him there. Like, I agree. Where he's been playing that way, he seems to be comfortable there or whatever. He does you know, like – Unlike some people were trying to force to be wingers or wingers that you want to force to be centers, he seems to be comfortable on the wing. So why don't you just keep going with that? And, you know, unless there's a super emergency, we have 800 centers, like, you know what I mean? But we don't have a lot of good wingers that we, you know, like we need wingers. So why don't we, instead of next, the next second line center, still not having wingers the way Krejci hasn't had to have wingers consistently. Why don't we just say, eventually you're going to be the left wing on the second line or whatever just going on there but overall i mean whatever we played buffalo and it's hard to say like it's yay we won but it was buffalo we should have like what we needed to was like what buffalo's ass six to one to remind us that we are indeed the boston bruins and not the buffalo sabers and i'm not sure that happened that being said 
uh, Dan Vladar Vladesh <laughs> was in that again. I agree with you tweeted out something. I don't remember the exact words we can, but uh, something like, you know, yeah, he let up a couple ugly goal, whatever it happened, you know, but like, he's looked pretty good. I agree. I, and that's why thumbs up guy. Cause that's, first of all, this is his third NHL game or whatever. Fourth uh, is a third or fourth no, third. It's just technically is his third, but yeah, let's, let's call it two and a half. Yeah, exactly. So that being said, uh, yeah, well, you know, I don't count the playoffs. Like, like he has a contract, yeah. kid. By the way, you're now yeah. the number two on this team. Oh, <laughs> am I? Because I didn't pack for that. Um, that, yeah. So I thought he had an, a pretty good game. His numbers were all right. He had like a nine six save percentage. You know, yeah, stopped I, a lot of shots. Thirty whatever out of thirty. Whatever. He made a rookie mistake in the first goal, the first Buffalo goal. You know, went behind the net to play it. It looked at saw uh, saw black and gold and immediately made the pass, but didn't see that fucking white jersey coming in at him. Um, you know, it happens. I saw it down in, in Jeremy Swayman's second day, and you know, it's funny because nobody nobody you know gave him shit for that down there because they didn't see it. They people saw this, and they don't have a chance to see stuff down at the American Hockey League level because either they're stubborn or just don't know enough about hockey, but. You know, don't judge somebody's career on a simple mistake like that. He's going to learn. He's just 23 years old. This is his first little experience. Give the kid a break. This is why, this is exactly why Tuka Rask got hated back in the day and it fermented into this shithole. You know, no, that's just what we do as Bruins fans. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, you blame the goaltender and then you ruin their career after you see one simple mistake. It's like, come on, people, relax. Well, this, is, this is my thing is I'm not trying to have Dan Vladar be the number two right now. He's doing oh. what he's supposed to do. He's the number three playing the part of number two because number two, who's really supposed to be playing the part of number two, is trying to play the part of thing. Just like Halak. You know what? He has looked sloppy. But I'm also not going to put on him that he's 35 years old and his job is to help relieve Tuca from the amount of games played. You know what I mean? And not be the guy that's carrying the most amount of weight especially with the compactness of it. And we keep having start stop. I mean, you're going to expect some things, but if anything, he's still a solid, like, cause now all of a sudden everyone's turned. It's either we all hate like Dan Vladar, get him away. You know, what do you want? We still need a second goaltender and it's going to be more detrimental to put Jeremy Swayman to be, you know what I mean? Vladar's yeah. earned it. So leave him there. But, but he is still getting to hang out with Yaroslav Halak and Tuka Rask and get, you know, all those off ice things that you get. So like, Halak's looking at him like, see, I let up shitty goals too, kid. You're fine. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. Like, yeah. It's fine. We'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about more about this. We do have yeah. a top, a, a topic on our agenda to cover this. And I'm going to mm -hmm. post up some pictures, um, obviously without anybody's names or any tagging mm -hmm. information and so on, but some you lovely know. Takes. <laughs> yeah, it's to look at the takes that I saw yesterday. And, and it's, it, it makes me wonder the internet was broken. I'm shaking it like a freaking, you know, uh, <laughs> Like just slow globe, like trying to make it work better. It was like, come on, internet, be better. <laughs> I when we lost to the Islanders the other day, I couldn't even. I'm like, fucking shut off internet because this <laughs> is what I know. I know why people hate Bruins fans. I am a Bruins fan, and I hate that sometimes. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I am not living through it's 170 like notifications. This team sucks. Although some of the some takes are reasonable takes, but just from an emotional standpoint. Yeah. But then yeah. there are some like yesterday. Well, there was some loony takes. Uh, that's funny. We should actually didn't I say that we should do a whole segment that's like shit I saw on Bruins Twitter this week. Um, 
it'd be funny. Let's introduce that. Okay. Well, before we do studs and duds, we do have to bring up the fact, as you mentioned, Brad Marchand was not on the ice yesterday uh, for the Saturday game because he is now, you know, we let three off of the COVID list and now Brad Marchand, Corrali and DeBrusque are still on COVID. So that definitely means that they either have it or someone very close proximity in their household or something has it. You know what I mean? So that there, but now Brad Marshawn joins it. We don't know positive, false, positive. He definitely was not there though. So that's a little concerning, but at the same time, it seems to be isolated pockets. Again, it could just be contact tracing from each other. Like we, you know, there's a whole complicated coat, you know, every state has health things they have to do and stuff. So, but at least they're doing the appropriate things to contain the people and get them healthy if they do and um, and be away in case of those false negatives or whatever you, you know want to call them in those situations. So obviously we want our players back and healthy, but um, even with uh, Marshan out of the lineup, I mean, he, we are a, a 100% oiled train when he's on it, but when he's off it, I mean, it wasn't so bad that some replacements came in and showed that they could – at least um, cover the position while uh, he he could be out for a little bit. So hopefully it's not long. I mean, yeah. we do have a game against New Jersey today. So and and he there remains- we go. We're what? Lose. Yeah, We're yeah. Lose. No, I'm just kidding. And actually, you know what's funny is I saw something on, uh, from Connor Ryan today before the New Jersey game Sunday at five thirty that uh, Connor. I'm sorry, why do I want to say Connor Clifton? Carson Coleman um, is uh, in the lineup. Nice. Yeah, that's I couldn't good. believe so it. So his MRI must have been yeah, negative, and it was just a hmm. stinger, and and so that's good. That is good. Good news. Um, all right. So that being said, uh, studs and duds. This is when we talk to you about who we thought had the best individual efforts and not so much. Um, I don't know. I'm a little thrown off on my dud because I'm not going to lie. My dud was going to be Nick Ritchie because he had been so dry, and I thought I was going to be able to – maybe to prove a little bit of a point of like, let's calm down. Although you're playing well, like all players go through droughts and stuff, you know, but then he got two points yesterday. So I'm not sure who to do for my dud. I guess I'm going to stick with the power play because <laughs> again, and maybe it's because I'm a power play weirdo. And I swear to you, it's not because Tori Cruz not here. It's just, I need it. Although they are still a great power play or whatever, I guess in the grand scheme, that's what I keep hearing versus everyone else in the NHL's numbers. And we're still the same percentage as last year. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's helping us win as much as it did. So I'm glad maybe more five on five is happening, but also again, it's the playoffs. You need your special teams. And also our PK has not been as strong this week as it, it just hasn't looked as good, even though if it's been as effective that that. So I guess I'm giving our special teams. I know that's an in, not an individual effort, but my stud of the week all day long is Charlie McAvoy. I think that you're really seeing the Charlie McAvoy. We said what happened this season again, independent of whether Char is here or not, but being his age, his years served, he's developing into Charlie McAvoy that we all want his baby face draft pick face to be. He's going to keep that dra- little baby face until he's 105, but he he is really looking like the stud that, I mean, he is a defensive stud. He really is. So, Charlie McAvoy. And also, I'm biased towards BU boys, so I'm doing that two weeks. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go the dud first. Dud of the week is Mr. Yaroslav Alak. He's getting a little streak going on here lately. Um, 
puck tracking seems to be a, a, a an issue with him. I don't know what's going on with that. I, I still have huge faith in in him and and the tandem of of Tuka Rask and him when healthy. Um, but got to get you, you got to make those saves. And Bruce Cassidy has said it several times uh, in these games. He he physically calls out and just says, you know, when, in certain situations you got to make a save there. And uh, and and it's plain and simple. So. I'm not freaking out about his struggles. It's just getting more noticeable. I'm not sure if it's been a career thing with him. I didn't see a much bunch of games with him in Montreal, except for the, when the Bruins in Montreal played and so on, or St. Louis, or when he went to Washington or anything like that. It's just when he came to Boston, I thought he did okay. But more noticeably now, the past season and a half, possibly two, I'm noticing that the, the the glove work is just weird, and it's not like real high. It's like it's when you're tucked next to you, when you when you're feeling most comfortable in the downward position, you know, like sitting in a chair, you know. So it's just, I don't know, it's weird. My my stud for the week, as much as I want to go on 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 your dovetail the um the Charlie McAvoy mention. I and and they absolutely spot on there, and I'd be dumb to say anybody else. But I do want to give a shout out to Anders Bjork. I think that Anders is showing me lately what can benefit of moving, and I'm not saying he's a lazy player. And I want to also want to tie in uh, another one. Let's do a one A one B a stud, okay? You got a tandem stud. Yeah, That's let's awesome. let's let's do it. Let's do it. Two headed stutter. And is, is, is Matt Grizzlick. And when I'm talking about movement is what you saw on that goal against the Island. I'm, I'm sorry, the Buffalo Sabres. No, it was the Islanders. I'm sorry. When he was moving laterally quarterbacking a play and then just put it on net and found an opening, but he, the movement of people moving side to side created so much and not just more passing it to a still person, look this way, passing it to a still person while we're trying to cycle everything around, but you're not moving as much. Those two players I've noticed lately have really come out and um, created gaps for themselves, but getting into certain areas where a scoring, it's actually a scoring threat. And I need to see more of that. So those are my two kind of good guys. And Yarrow, you got to get off this streak, man. Seriously, I'm getting tired of it. Yeah, I think uh, this, I think maybe some of Yarrow stuff. I do agree with you with the glove hand, but you don't see it all the time. Do you know what I mean? It hasn't been a constant problem. So that's been good. I mean, the last few weeks we've seen it a lot more, but I meant, like you said, how the last like year and a half, that also can just be you're slowing down. Maybe you're not quite as tight and comfortable. Maybe there's something in front of you you're not comfortable with that's happening. Like we talked about sometimes Tuca gets like, if out front's a little messy, he gets a little, not rattled, but like it's harder to be comfortable, like you said, said. And we all know 90% of goaltending really is meant to, you know what I mean? And so it can be fixed. I agree with you. I don't, I'm not giving up on Halak. Uh, I can see though why he received a dud from you again. So you just... In your talk, A, I, you know I love Anders Bjork, but you also confirmed why I want to just forever keep. I like, I understand we need to spread the movement and the whatever around. That doesn't mean I am changing my mind about having Grizz and McAvoy on the first pairing. I just, the numbers aren't lying. The like, just there, and they play together with the comfort level. It's almost like it's something that you can, the other kids can build to see what, you should look like as a professional 
you know, not saying the other people aren't, but just it's a sloppy on the back end. I mean, it's, I'm not insulting anyone. We just know it's a little yeah. bit. We got young, we got injuries, we got that happens, but they're consistent and they show it, even though they've had their down times each of the season overall, they've been two of the most consistent players since puck drop. And that includes Grizz had an injury. He was out a few games and such. So that's just my argument on that. I'd like to mention someone who is considered a stud and a dud, depending on what side of the coin. Happy birthday to Jack Edwards' birthday was this week. He can be a stud and a dud, depending on what team. You know what's not sloppy and awesome on the back end? Blue Chew. And I'm going to talk about Blue Chew. Mark's not. He's going to sit here and think it's funny if I mess it up. But anyways, we're here every week talking hockey. You know we love hockey. I know people love these blue shoe ads. I know we all like great sex if you're adult and you're consenting age. Yes, but you need to have the confidence to give the performance you want in bed, okay? You need to have the endurance. And I understand that sometimes you think that you do, but then you find yourself needing an apple on the bottle rocket. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you about blue shoe that will help you gentlemen in bed. They are the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take it any time, day or night. So wherever you are, whenever the opportunity arises for a little one-on-one time, you can take it. You'll be good to go. Blue Chew is made in the USA and it is prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. And it's even cheaper than a pharmacy. They ship it to you in discreet packaging. So there's no awkwardness and you don't have to leave the house. Although I don't think you should have to be awkward about these things anyways, because we're all grownups. So if you go to bluechew.com, blue like the color, and you put in black and gold, black and gold into the promo code, you will receive your order for free. You just pay $5 for shipping, which is a great, great thing. So black and gold listeners, not asking you who you are, but if you need it, it's a good way to get it. Blueshoe.com, promo code black and gold, free ship, free order and shipping's just $5. So next time, maybe you'll have the proper endurance. Maybe you'll be playing with a not short bench and then you can properly, you know, hit the top of the netting. That's it. Let's get go. Bucket loads, Blue Chew going to TD Garden this week. Get a little a uh, games. Need some wins. Need some points. Yeah, need a full bench. Yeah, the whole we yeah we need we need the full bench because this Uh-oh. half bench or underperforming. Let's not underperform. Let's overperform. Like I said, Hashtag you I believe be... in ST. Oh sh. I got it. I didn't retweet it yet. No, it, it just went out eight minutes ago. No worries. Okay, just, I'm slacking. I'm sorry, boys. I'll get it out in the next. <laughs> When Mark does in a minute, but before we, uh, before we get to your down in the system, we do have a couple ones in between, uh, you had put on there about, uh, what we thought about Cassidy sending a message to the veteran Corps and mentioning that they have to be better. So, uh, you put that on there. I'm going to let you start. Um, yeah, I just thought it was kind of, uh, it was a call out. I, I seriously thought it was it was identifying everybody on this Boston Bruins team. And it doesn't matter who you are. I, I'm kind of getting frustrated with like my thought of like, is the message starting to get stale with this one now? And it's kind of weird that I gravitate to that and I hate doing it. But it's just it kind of makes me think I'm like, OK, on Thursday, they lost in overtime. And I understand. I understand that they got a point, whatever. But afterwards, it was it was called out. It was bag skate, kind of bag skate on Friday, 
and we heard Bruce getting very, very vocal um, on the ice about, and he was dropping f bombs. You saw it, right? Right. Yeah, he's been warned to do that sometimes when he's yeah. upset. Yeah. Some foul language then, from Coach Cassidy. But then they go and play Buffalo. And Buffalo's known as the they, – they, they continue their losing streak. Uh, having a dumpster fire every year. Uh, Mark was in net. This was a freaking club. I wanted to see that response. I wanted to see how they took that and went into it. And they did exactly what I kind of thought was – Play down, kind of play down to their opponent at many, many times of that game. But there were also some good spots in that game that they showed that, you know, obviously the win. Getting getting the points is the most important thing. I get it. But it's not a total 60-minute uh, commitment to me. When you're playing a team like this, it's in the bottom of the standings. And it just shows that you that your trend of playing down to teams continues. And it's so frustrating. Um, and I think that Bruce freaking wanted to get something out of them. And hopefully it's, I mean, maybe it wasn't an immediate hap- happening on the Buffalo game. Let's see what happens tonight against the, uh, the New Jersey devils and a back-to-back situation when they're going to be tired. How much, how much is Bruce going to be able to push these guys? You know, I mean, the, the, the season's getting more and more condensed and condensed. It seems, uh, with the, with the, um, you know, the, postponements and so on and schedule blah 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 we just got to see more of this team and i understand that the injured and i don't want to use those excuses but you know that's just my rant on on what he was saying how they responded and hopefully it happens sooner rather than later because we need we need everybody it's a committee thing here i have a i have a few thoughts on this one, I'd like to remind you again, if we continue to play by the like the 2015-16 Bruins, Bruce Cassidy will not be. Jay Leach will be the head coach of this team come uh, May. Uh, <laughs> I say that jokingly, but a couple things. One, I do think the message is stale. And I think this is partly because, and just feel me out, okay? And not because Cassidy isn't a good coach. But if you put it in perspective, he had one NHL coaching job, right? that a mutiny broke out on. But that is, he was a young coach. He was the peer group of his play, a lot of his players, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to be the coach of some players played against you kind of thing, you know what I mean? He's also had the distinct benefit of having someone like a Zidane Chara in the room that isn't going to allow you to, mm, I don't, I don't know, like really knows how to, help the coach motivate players. And I'm not saying like Bergeron and them aren't right. A little bit of the transition this year, I think is Bruce Cassidy really, truly, completely. Now it's your room, right? Because Cassidy's even said himself, like, you know, Chara's, you know, like as his player, but was more like his partner too. Like that. Thank he thanked him for helping him become the coach he is. So that being said, maybe he's, he needs to deal with some better coaching I, or uh, figure out like how he needs to make, maybe just the way he's trying to address it isn't working. So find a different way to address it. Cause I don't think bag skating is ever motivating to any player since 1987. I don't think like this day and age, like that to like a modern player is like, you're a dick coach. Like if you're going to do that, because I actually am thinking a little to myself, well, maybe you need to be better too, Cassidy. Because in the end, you guys all want this young team. Well, Cassidy and Sweeney, they're the ones that constructed this. That supposedly, you know, even if we are playing as a half AHL team legitimately, we should be able to truck 
the Buffalo Sabres with our Providence players because they also are good play. You know what I mean? And Buffalo yeah. is barely an AHL team at this time at points this most of the season. So I guess for me, that's I don't like I don't mind calling out a player every now and then. But I think when because you're frustrated and your players aren't responding, I don't think players respond any better being called out in the media than they do in the locker room. I think it actually sometimes has the opposite effect. Because now your players, you you I mean, they've been your players five years now or whatever, and kids that it trained under you that maybe still may be coming up soon, or you were in that process. Now maybe like dude, Bruce is kind of being a dick and that's not going to help you when you're already, we're kind of all mentally stressed. And I'm sure they all are, including Bruce Cassidy. It's stressful to coach a team that you don't know who your players are going to be that night, you know, the rotating cup, but I, I don't think that we need that. But I do think that if Cassidy is going to call them out, then he, he and his staff need to call them own selves out too and figure it out because they're all better than this. Our coaching staff is better than this. Our players are better than that, whether they be, popping up from Providence or already mainstays on the team. So I do think that the veteran core needs to be better though, but also they're not miracle workers. Do you know what I mean? Like you sent away huge pieces of this core. We've had other pieces, major pieces injured at times when Grizz was out, Tuka obviously struggling with this thing, you know, the back thing, you know, whatever Halak hasn't been on. They need to be better too, but sometimes when teams are really playing like shit, the best course of action, and this is just generally, I mean, you could be a teacher, you could be whatever, a parent, sometimes get off their back and just step away. You figure it out then. Nobody wants to listen to me. You don't want to do what we're saying. You guys know everything. Do it. Yep. And let them. Because then maybe they'll figure it out a little for themselves. I'm not saying they're overcoached, but sometimes, you know what I mean? If I'm like every day, Mark, Mark, that happens between us, right? Like if I'm like, are you going to send me that? Are you gonna, you'll be like, because there are other things going on, but I'm, it's not at me. It's just, I'm the trigger that's now made the thing. Or you'll be like, I need the banner thing. I'm like, ah, fuck the banner. I'll get back to you in like two <laughs> seconds, right? But when we like stop talking about it or whatever and take a second, or if like something's going wrong technically and whichever one of us has to come back from the ledge, we walk away for a second or whatever. Yeah. You reset it, right? So like instead of you like a parent ad nauseum saying shit that the the kids are la 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 la, la let them fail. So when they lose eight to one and ha- let it be, just know that when Dawn comes down here and Cam shows up, I'm gonna let him know I let you be the coach today, Carson Coolman, <laughs> whatever, you know, and figure it out, you know. Maybe Cassidy needs a break because it is annoying to like be saying the same things over and over again and no one listen, you know, or whatever you perceive to be happening. So that's really that. Sorry, I didn't mean to babble too much on about that. I, I do think that's an important thing, though. I think it's the way you do it. I think all day long, call your players out. Like if in practice, he wants to be like, what the F, Bergie? F you, Marshy? What are you, Charlie McAvoy? Oh, you're Charlie McAvoy. Oh, so fancy. Like, you know, if you want to have a nutty like that, that's great. But this is Boston media calling your players out. Just it's not going to help them. Oh, because, you know, what? some of these players are fun friends with Boston media, too. So then something might slip out, maybe a little disgruntled here and disgruntled there. And that's when people are getting in fistfights in the locker room and shit like that. I'm just saying Bruce Cassidy doesn't want none of Trent Frederick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll work it out. But that being said, Charlie McAvoy. Oh, you're so sexy. Uh, from Jack and Brick talking the other night, um, they they actually said that has Charlie McAvoy been the best player on the ice this season thus far? And I have to think so. 
you could just see that he's like breeding leadership out of this whole thing and he's playing better while doing it. And I love his mobility lately and the way he takes the puck in the zone. Like the other game when he went around the net and so on, just surveying everything. I was just so impressed with that. I mean, it was very Bobby Orr-esque. Let's put it that way. I know it's probably going to get killed for it, but but uh, just the way it was a, a play was read, you know, and I really want to get him more involved. Um Point production-wise, obviously, you love getting points from your defense. Um, but with the give and goes, like we talked about this a while back, you know, he he has the ability to go through all three zones and 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 do it effectively. But when he passes it off, give it back to him. See how much, see how far he can stretch those legs and get close into the net and and start to create a weakness on the opposing defense. I'd love to see more of that. You know that that's that's the type of shit you get when you want a freaking. Um, I, I almost called it a Vezina trophy, but I know that's a goalie. Norris. One. Norris. The Norris trophy. Yes. I, I I think he's 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 been fantastic. And and you know, I, I would put him definitely in my top five for Norris candidates right now. I, I mean, I don't think that he'll be in serious consideration, but I think that it's kind of a shame in a way that this is a shortened season because this is his coming of age season. You know, this is his sweet 16 birthday party, if you will. And he's, I think it's interesting with McAvoy because he's the only one, I mean, he's not a veteran, but he kind of, I mean, as for like just holdovers, right, from the last few years teams, he seems to be the best representation of what the Bruins are supposed to be. He has all the lessons from the guys he has in the room, from Cassidy, from, you know, BU coaches, his whole, you know, he he still brings with him the lessons he learned from Chara and Krug and remember them. You know, I feel like him and Grizzly is another one who's been pretty consistent with, uh, I mean, he's not MVP, but like holding the line of like, guys, this is what we are as a team. Like you said, we're a team for some reason, even though we are struggling as an identity with players, we shouldn't be struggling with an identity as a core group because the values shouldn't have changed. The same values have been in the room for a decade and a half. They didn't yep. change just because Chara's culture didn't change just because he walked out the room. You know, he didn't, he wouldn't want it to be. It's not what, no matter what would have happened eventually, he wants Charlie McAvoy to be the next leader or whoever to be the next leader. And I just feel like he, Charlie McAvoy, why he's the MVP is he's the only one who remembers he's a Boston Bruin. Yep. This is what we do keep it simple, crisp, clean passes, shoot and puck. Yep. That's where our most successful tough, right? Both yeah. play both ends. You don't go, you're, you're not a defenseman or you're forward. You better be doing both. We need two way players and all of that. So I think all day long, he's the MVP of this. Somebody on Twitter the other day mentioned um, at, during his press conference in press conferences in the past that Charlie's body language goes to a sad, happy kind of area when when Char is brought up, yeah. and I, I think that 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 just tells you right there how much he cared about that guy and how much he learned and just acted like a sponge. And we're seeing it on the ice. We're seeing the involvement of, I believe, a future captain of this of this Boston Bruins team sooner or later, whether it be. Um, but you know, now that we're on it, and we have a couple of minutes before we go to our our mid-show uh, commercial with uh, Boston Sports and Media and, and Music and Memorabilia. Wow. 
is he's got one more full season left mm-hmm. under his contract. No, he's got this one and the next one. Carlos, the one that's got is on currently mm-hmm. on the last year. Yeah, so, he had the um, yeah, so I mean, we're seeing this right now with Charlie McAvoy, and if he could play like this during this these times, this condensed season. Um, and what happens in the playoffs, we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And then continue it into a full year next year, uh, into a contract year, and, and he'd probably get his ticket after that. You know, and I think that's where where some somewhere in that term he might be named captain. But sorry mm-hmm. about that fumble on on what I was trying to think about. That's all right. Well, you are circling back to it. It happens to me all the time. I have the list in front of me and I can't stay on topic. <laughs> I help make the topics. I can't be on topic. The power of editing. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think that Charlie McAvoy is what he's supposed to be, right? He's supposed to be the next or Bork, you know, whatever. Yep that legacy era, like a oh, legacy no. right yeah no i just mean like as players like these are names that in 40 years like these names are still going to be associated with the organization as yep. great of an organization you know you look at just like we think of other greats on other teams like bobby player passed away last week i meant to say you know that's someone who even like as a kid like that's someone i would associate you know what i mean before you associate jordan bennington with the st louis blues you know these are players um but yeah, and like that's why they drafted him, right? Like all in. I mean, I think that's been everyone's thought is that he is our next Ray Bork. He's going to be around forever and he's going to play awesome forever. And he's, you know, just going to be here and be the captain eventually. And I mean, Bergeron earned his captaincy and, you know, McAvoy's still a little young, but I think that he strives to make his teammates past, present, and future, you know, lead by example as he's been taught by the people he's learned from show Mm -hmm. the example. But also I think he kind of, maybe he, he, he wants Zidano to be proud. Like there's my kid blowing off on a huge boy. Look at all those points. That's right. You're assist, 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 you know, like that's it, you know, move that call the play. Like part of the reason that the power play is kind of, yes, we're still executing or whatever, but part of that part of this mess because you know this is like we we're saying with Grizz let Grizz make it his power play now because he's got yep. all the tools because like you said movement that's the people who are being successful aren't playing that we are always at our worst every team is at their worst hockey is a game of motion no one no defense has ever said oh you're trying to shoot on my goaltender let me move slightly to that quarter inch to the right you need no your ass needs to move and make the space you know like you said so yeah I think emotion they're all going get money They'll be bitching with people at the end of his contract. Will go, why we give him eight years at nine million a year? I mean, what's he do for us? You know, I mean, even after five hundred points and a thousand games, like you know, we just you can't win here. But they're definitely going to resign him. I think. What well, um, let's let's um, we got a couple seconds. So, what do you, what do you think a term would be? Six for six. I a, was two million increase. I think for this round, because of his age. He would get something like Tory Krug was looking six by seven, six, six, maybe six, five for six. Because McAvoy is young enough that he'll get that last contract. You know what I mean? Uh, he certainly has earned a pay bump, you know. And what's he get four now, right? It was like he got four and yeah, Carlo. Four something, yeah. Yeah. And Carlo got the three or the two and a half or whatever because we had to sign them both. Um, but yeah, I think it would be something like that. 
maybe seven for six or six, five for seven, something like that, that it would all even out because he would still be what? So say he gets, he'll be like 31, say, because he's still got a little term on this contract. That's fair enough. And then maybe you get another two to three year deal. He, if you're still playing well, you know what I mean? You can get good money even on a four, three year deal or whatever and see where you go from there. But I think that locking him down would be not locking him down would be idiotic. But at the same time, this team does crazy things. So I don't know. Like, no shit. You know what I mean? You sign people. I wouldn't think you would. You don't sign people that you think you would. Yeah. You, you know, or even just term wise on contracts, right? Like we either, we give out like good contracts, but then some really shitty contracts. They never seem to acknowledge their shitty contracts, but they want to play like a pissing game over a half a million dollars in fucking five minutes of ice time. Oh, you know what I mean? Like it's so the weirdest. crazy. I don't know how it works, but that's why I do a, a podcast with you and I don't run the Bruins. So yeah, nobody true. wants me to because right well, now I'd be in there like, you're fired, you're yeah. fired, you're suspended without pay, you're cool, you're cool. Yeah. That boy is now the head coach and the defense announcer. He's Reg Dunlop, the player coach. He's going to be the co- head coach of this team <laughs> come October if they don't get their heads out of their asses. No shit. No, Creechy, new thing. We're going to give you four mil, and you can be the head coach for the next three years. What do you think? All four right. Four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. All right. All right. Well, break they, time. We are at a break. We're going to hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan, and he has tremendous items, um, all sports-related, from the Boston area in the hand sign and fully authentic. Authentic. <laughs> Authenticated. Authenticated. Thank you. Yeah, I got to hear it first. But anyway, Bruce is a really cool. He does uh, everything for us. He is – he even got us this jersey. I mean, we paid for it and everything, but we got a really good price on it because we told him it was for a fundraiser. So, awesome. but he has he has awesome stuff for Ames for Youth Hockey. So, uh, we'll hear from him and uh, check out his Facebook page and so on. But uh, we'll be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. Hall of Famers Month continues, and we are showcasing photos, jerseys, and pucks from the greatest players of all time. First up, score with the hockey god Bobby Orr, 22 by 26 inch, The Goal, special edition for $279. Hall of Famer Phil Esposito from our March 5th private signing. Score a white style or a gold style jersey for just $149 delivered. An autographed inscribed puck for just $65. Or an 11 by 14 autographed photo display for just $79. Or grab the 15 by 20 inch autographed special edition for just $119. How about Hall of Fame legend Jerry Cheever's 15 by 20 framed JSA authenticated mask photo for $99 or signed jersey for on sale right now for just $79. Or grab your choice of Coyle, Sanderson, Middleton, Busick, or O'Reilly autographed jerseys for just $89. For more information on the dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at Boston Sports and Music at gmail.com and be sure to tune in each week right here to the black and gold hockey podcast let's go 
Hey, Bruins fans, we're back. We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from the Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia Shop. Um, go find him on Facebook. Send him an email. Inquire about the items he has because he has a very, very nice collection and has um, has these folks come to his private signings to do it. And pictures are available, and it's all real. So, you know, Phyllis Rizzito shows up to his, uh, his, his signings. It's actually him. So you have full trust in and what's going on with that and the cheap the jerseys are outstanding prices folks that's how we do our um, our patreon giveaways uh once a month we buy from everything from boston sports and music memorabilia go check them out so heather we are back uh where are we going now we are gonna go down the system my friend where down you give us your system. weekly recap of what's going on with the p bruins and other that. notable members of our uh systems throughout so whenever you're ready my friend take it over this is your baby yeah there was one game last week unfortunate um you know you go from one week where you have three or four to on one week when you just have one so but that was on march 25th it was thursday at 1 p.m uh, not a great start for the Providence Bruins in this one. Uh, it took them a long time to get back into this. Uh, pretty much the um, the Hartford Wolfpack owned the game. Uh, Hartford uh, was up four to nothing in the second period, and uh, in 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 that second period, Anton Bleed scores his third from Brady Lyle and Samuel Asseline on the power play. And uh, in the in the third period, with seventeen fifty at the seventeen fifty mark, Robert Lantoshi scores his sixth from Cameron Hughes and Josiah Didier. But that was not enough. The uh, the Hartford Wolfpack they really owned the Providence Bruins in this one. You can't win them all, you know. You just you can't win every every game, and uh, it's unfortunate. Um, Jeremy Swayman he takes the loss in this one, his first of the season. So he's now seven one and zero. Uh, and we'll talk about him a little later. Uh, but he stopped 27 of 31 shots uh, from the Hartford Wolfpack. Um, yeah, it was unfortunate. It happened at the New England Sports Center, a place where the Providence Bruins have played pretty decent, uh, even though they do have, a, I think, a better home record. I should look that up. But, um, yeah, so it's only one game. Uh, the Providence Bruins are three, uh, I'm sorry, 11-3-1 with 23 points in 15 games played. Uh, the seven two and one in the last ten games uh, in the three team Atlantic Div- Division. Providence has a commanding twelve point lead ahead of second place Hartford Wolfpack with seventeen points and seventeen points ahead of last place Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Hartford has three games in hand while Bridgeport has four. So that's that. I don't know if that's going to be much of an importance with uh, that much of a lead in this division. Um, there's 11 games remaining in the 26 game regular season. So things are coming quick and they're going to end quickly. Um, we're not sure what's happening on the call the cup playoffs, the 2021 call the cup. Um, uh, Patrick Williams sent out a tweet today that he's on top of some news that's going to be coming out possibly soon, whether they're going to have a call the cup this year or not, which would be two years in a row due to this COVID crap. And I hate it. I want to strangle it. I want to punch it in the face. 
Uh, Providence top five in scoring. Leading the way is uh, center left wing Cameron Hughes. He has four goals, 12 or six, 16 points in 15 games. Currently on a 16-point streak. Jakob Lauko uh, has five goals, eight assists, 13 points in 14 games played. Right wing Robert Lantoshi has six goals, five assists, 11 points in 15 games played currently on a three-game point streak. Center Samuel Asseline has five goals, six assists, 11 points in 15 games played currently on a two-game point streak. And Paul Carey, who scored his first goal um, last week, has uh, one goal, 10 assists, 11 points in 15 games played. Uh, the goaltenders, I got to tell you, and uh, you know, every. Everybody knows I'm a, I'm a big fan of the goaltending uh, aspect of the game. But um, what we're seeing down in Providence is something really special right now. And it's really got to uh, – you have to give a lot of credit to uh, goaltending coach Bob Asenza and, um, and Mike Dunham. So um, when it comes to goaltending down here, it's pretty much like a brick wall. Even though Jeremy Swayman did not have a great game, I, I blame the, the folks in front of him on this one. They really didn't come to play and support, and and uh, Jeremy was off the left to, uh, out to dry on many occasions. But he's seven and one with a one point eight eight goals against average and a point nine three two save percentage. So we're uh, looking at something really special in him right now. Uh, Dan Vladar is two two and one. Don't knock the record there, folks. It's it's not so bad. He has a two point oh one goals against average and a point nine two three save percentage at the AHA level. So he is um, doing well when he gets down there. Currently up with the NHL, right? Uh, Boston Bruins right now. We all know that, but I'm sure once healthy uh, folks come back and so on, he will be back in the AHL to get time. Callum Booth. He only played in one game for Providence this year. He's got a one zero and zero record. Two uh, goals against average and a 9.47 save percentage. And Kyle Kaiser, who made uh, his uh, first AHL start uh, last weekend, uh, he's got a 1-0-0 record with a 1 uh, goal goals against and uh, a 0.964 save percentage. So when it comes to goaltending, we're really saying some good things. And what I like about it is the movement. As Dan Vladar goes up and, and, and um, <clears throat> positions and, and roles change, uh, between the East Coast League and the American Hockey League, we're getting people to come in and and, and win games. And what tell what that tells me about this um, is the increased talent at the AHL level between the East Coast and the AA. And you know it's 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 pretty obvious. But to see these goaltenders play down in the East Coast League when they're getting a lot of shots and they're you know they're winning the four to five, the six to four, the six to six games. Um, you come up to the AHL, you're seeing a better structure and defense in front of you. So that's just good on a confidence right there from a young goaltender and so on. But also it's really good on the, on the, the team that Jay Leach is orchestrating a well defensive team that supports their, uh, their crease guys. So good on them. Uh, the upcoming week for the Providence Bruins, Wednesday, March 31st, Providence is on the road in Bridgeport, Connecticut to play the third place Sound Tigers at 1 p.m. Saturday, April 3rd, the Bruins play a rare out of division game as they travel to Utica, New York to play the host Utica Comets, the top minor pro affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks. Um, so that's it for that. For the Providence Bruins, I do want to add a little bit into the uh, into the prospect down on the system segment here. I want to mention uh, Jack Becker and John Beecher, both at Minnesota Wolverines NCAA. 
they had to uh, the Wolverines had to withdraw from the NCAA tournament because of COVID-19. And that ended the year for province, uh, sorry, Boston Bruins prospect Jack Becker, uh, who was the captain of the uh, Wolverines team uh, um, this past season. So his uh, collegiate career is officially over due to COVID. And I'm, I feel so bad for this kid. Uh, John Beecher, on the other hand, he had uh, shoulder surgery, who, uh, which was reported by Dom Tiano on Twitter uh, back on February 28th. So uh, he's uh, got season ending surgery, so it didn't matter about him, but he's probably going to be most likely going back to um, um, Michigan next season uh, or could turn pro. Who knows about that? That seems to be a rumor around there. But back on Jack Becker uh, with his commitment over at um, at Michigan, there's a good possibility that this uh, 2015 seventh round draft pick might sign an entry level deal with the Boston Bruins and uh, possibly uh, a show me deal, a show me stay down in Providence uh, to see if he's a fit at all. Um, Jack's a big center. He's six three. He's, uh, I think he's like right around two oh six, one ninety five, two oh six area. Uh, rugged. He can play the play the uh, the body really well. But he gets in those dirty areas pretty good too. His offensive numbers in the NCAA weren't exactly you know mind blowing or anything like that. But he's just some. He's just one of those centers that can be depended on. And I think Jay Leach and Trent Midfield would do really good with him if he was to sign. And uh, it, with his age and and the way he went through all four years of college, I think the the entry level would only be one year, much like uh, what Nick Wolf got out of uh, Minnesota Duluth when he signed a one year uh, entry level deal. So, um, you know, who knows? But uh, that tends to happen once the commitment is over with this particular school. The free agents, I mean, they're not free agents, but you know, some of these draft picks are actually signed to uh, to. Um, first year pro contracts. So remains to be seen about that. I did write an article about it on blackandgoldhockey.com and um, go check it out. And, you know, I thought it was fun. A little Friday night article with a couple pink wits going on. So I had a little fun doing that, but that is the, uh, the down in the system prospect segment. Hope you guys are enjoying that. I'm enjoying doing the legwork and giving you guys the information. If you guys want to hear anything more about a certain player, you can welcome to email. We have email information. You can welcome to reach out on Twitter. We have our uh, our Twitter accounts um, right there. Thank you very much. I was just imagining you geeking out about prospects and stuff. Why drinking drinks? Like we're old. You spent your Friday night writing article. <laughs> That's what I do. I like it. I actually had time to write a freaking article. More or less, I'm like like doing B and G business stuff, trying to get advertising and meetings and and um, uh, editing new folks, bringing on new team members. It's a, it's not just a, you know, sit down and freaking have a drink. That's why I do it. That's why I drink. (laughs) That's why you drink. Okay. Well, thank you as always for keeping us in the loop of the loop because who Very knows, well. we might need to have Becker up here this season at this rate. I don't know what's going on. So, you know, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So we are, as um, 
Mark had tweeted out last night. We are going to talk to Bruins Luchador in a little bit, and you guys will get to hear that. But for our purposes, we were going to just talk about generally fans are back in the stands. Yay at TD Garden. They had to postpone it an extra day to let them in because of COVID protocol and la, la, la. Can't imagine how upsetting that must have been. But fans were there on Thursday. Um, and you had put a topic that was kind of like a topic that I had already been thinking about. Um, as for like how we're feeling, it's getting close to the trade deadline. So I had sent out a poll. So before we get into your uh, how you wrote it on uh, as a banner, uh, well, I'm sure you have on as a banner the actual question you proposed, like are we going to pull the trigger at the trade deadline when we get to it in a few? These all kind of go together. So yay, fans are in the stands. But I wanted to survey our Bruins fan base, you know, that we are a part of. What is the temperature, right? We've we've been playing kind of mediocre. How are we feeling after losing Thursday versus the Islanders, right? Again, a team we need to know how to beat, figure out how to beat. We still can't beat them. What is it, 21 seconds into overtime? No, you cannot start overtime like that. You know the Islanders can beat you, so you need to figure out how to beat them. But the question was, uh, how are we feeling about it now? Uh, And the options were, it's the injuries, make a move by April 12th, fire the front office, it's all good, we're making the playoffs. We need to make a move by April 12th, resoundingly at 53% came in uh, on there. 21% 21% for it's the injuries. Fire the front office came in at 13%. Uh, and all good, we're making the playoffs at 13%. We did have some comments on it, though. Like Maria of Watertown said the injuries are starting to show the cracks in the Bruins' defensive armor. But wait for it. They need someone, anyone who can put the damn puck in the net, which is true. Like at this point, I don't care if it's homegrown, yeah. it's spun grown. I don't care if you like weird science put a doll and a thing and put a bra on your head and produce a fucking solid right winger that can consistently score. I don't care. Uh, Alan Gregory had said, as long as it's the 12th as seating is going to mean something, especially if the fourth, their fourth, they're going to meet the aisles, which we talked about earlier. Like that's going to be a problem because currently we are seated against them. Uh, Clovis Roy. Hi Clovis. Uh, he's with the injuries, but a couple of moves might need to be made. That's how I really feel on the whole thing is I think we need to make a move, but I also understand injuries aren't helping, but I'm also not going to on a wish and a prayer hope once everyone's healthy. Cause if everyone's healthy, it's going to be the end of April and then we'll have no options by the trade deadline. So I also yeah. don't want to wait too long either. If we don't shout get out, so. shout out to Clovis. Uh, he's yeah. uh, being uh, laid up by an injury himself. So hopefully uh, he's uh, doing okay. He's a longtime listener and a great supporter of us. So uh, continued um, uh, best wishes, my friend. Yeah, hope you get well soon. Hey, Bruins fans, and we're finally here to uh, talk to the Bruins Luchador. He's a good friend of ours. He's he's a big supporter of BNG. We really appreciate him and his time here today uh, talking <laughs> about – look at that. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. Uh, talking about his experience uh, um, going back into the TD Garden for the first time in almost a year. Um, so, uh, Luchador, tell us uh, everything. Uh, like, Hit us up with uh, your fandom, uh, what it's been like all year building up to that moment. And I, uh, and obviously the uh, the moment you found out when you were first supposed to go back that those games got postponed. 
All right, so uh, first off, let me start with before COVID stopped everything, I had tickets to the Tampa Bay game, and I traded them to a game that ended up getting canceled, and it was the first game canceled because of COVID. So I, I missed the Tampa game right off the bat. And then so I secure tickets to the first game that fans are supposed to be back. And then that gets canceled. So I'm about to give up. It's been a year. I haven't been to any games. And, I mean, that's what I love. It's what me and my girlfriend do. We don't have kids. It's literally our hobby. The Bruins are what we do. We travel for them. Everything. Big part of our lives. So... Just trying to fill that void over and over again keeps getting canceled. Um, someone on the radio station actually mentioned my name and said, oh, I wonder if he's going to go to the game. And I tweeted them. I said, oh, my tickets got canceled again. So someone from the Bruins actually reached out to me and got me tickets to the Islanders game. That's how I got in. Nice. Yeah, so I couldn't believe it. I finally got in after all that. Um, As far as going in, um, first thing you have to do is you have to sign a play it safe uh, promise. They email it to you. You have to show it at the door. Um, Depending on where you're sitting, each uh, you have your own entrance that you have to go into. And um, instead of going to get food, they bring it to you, which I like. Um, as far as, I mean, 2,000 people, it sounded a lot louder than I thought it should have. I said, per person, the energy was great, but you still felt something missing. Um, overall, I was just so happy to be there. Just wicked happy to be back doing my thing and my element. Um, hopefully it's uh, getting back to normal here. It's been a tough year, 13 months for everybody. Just glad to be rolling again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, how about the health and safety factors going in? What did they do uh, to keep everybody safe? I mean, I didn't get to really to see much um, in the return uh, on the game. I think I went down to go get a fresh pink Whitney when they were showing that during the intermission, but are there like wash stations readily available? And what do you do for like the food and stuff? No, I got you. Um, hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, every security guard has a sign that says, please wear your masks. So instead of yelling at you and interrupting the game or being rude, they'll kind of walk in front of you, turn around, hold the mask up. Uh, from what I saw, they were very good about it. I mean, if you're not putting food in your mouth, they want the mask to be up. Me, I have no problem wearing a mask, obviously, so I didn't get in any trouble. Um, everyone in my section did really good. Uh, we were spaced out very well. They either sell it in uh, two or four seat blocks, and then the seats around it are actually zip taped, so you can't even put them down if you were trying to get somebody in your section. It's not even really an option. You'd have to break the zip ties. You know, um, I I felt really good, and I've I've been nervous about COVID. My mother's a respiratory therapist, so I'm I'm well aware of it. I don't think it's fake. I I know the repercussions. Uh, The whole year, I think me and my girlfriend have only been out to eat three times. So for me to go to a game, that was definitely my biggest event, and I felt really safe. I think they did a really good job. Awesome. Heather, you got anything for him? 
I was just wondering, where did you get to sit? Like to, you were in, uh, well, I was going to ask you, did you cry when you finally got to go into the actual building? But I feel that's unfair. Of course you did inside because you were so happy, but um, uh, yeah, just where, tell us a little bit. Like, I just well, guess I was wondering like, where did you get to sit? And like, what, I mean, I know we're loud Boston fans, but like, was it eerie though? Like did, with the, did it feel like a gap or was it just like people pointing at each other from across the arena? That's right. Yeah, we're back. Like, uh, no, it, it was pretty good. Even though it was only uh, 2,000 fans, there were sections in the balcony that were completely blanked out. So they, did they didn't crowd loge, but they gave an atmosphere and still, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I felt surrounded but safe. I lost those people to my right, my left, in front of me, but I couldn't touch anybody. It, it, was, it was perfect, you know? Um... Yeah, I cried. <laughs> so it's what I do. I, I love this. This is yeah. what I do. I've had a terrible year, uh, personal stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Not going to get into it, but everybody has, and everyone's had their own thing, and it was just the first normal thing I felt like I've done mm -hmm. in uh, over a year. And what was the other part of that? I'm sorry. No, I just meant, like, did it feel, like, eerie or weird? Oh, you know? uh, I was just like, I, I was joking because I'm sure you're very happy yeah, and no, you cry with joy. No, but, it, uh, it, in between periods was eerie because that's usually in my groove. That's how I get my attention because I like watching the game. But between periods, I do laps, you know, say hi, do whatever, do my uh, jumbotron whoring, meet the people, <laughs> see see the other vendors, whatever. But you can't. They don't want you congregating, which I understand. So I just I didn't even leave my seat for the whole game. But uh. The game presentation itself was great. The hallway definitely felt eerie. But for the first time in my life, I got in and out of that bathroom in six minutes. So <laughs> I, I was pumped. I had my feet up. They were bringing me food. Like it was, It's a pretty good situation right now. That's awesome. That is wicked cool, man. Well, I'll tell you something right now. I was a little emotional for you when I saw that tweet that says, I'm back, baby. I was just like, damn. Good for good for him, man. You're a good man and a and a and a diehard Boston Bruins fan and bleed black and gold through and through. So, uh, so happy to see you back. I, do you have plans for uh, heading back to the TD anytime soon? Uh, looking at yeah, April first is my next game back, and then I have uh, another game we're looking at right now. That's awesome, man. That's they need you in there. They I, I don't want to go there. in. Yeah, I, I just don't want to go in every game because there's a lot of people who haven't got the opportunity to get in that deserve it, and I feel like an ass because I stick out to boot. So it's not like I'm going to hide it. So I want to give it some other people get in there. There's not even all the season ticket holders have gotten in yet. So no kidding. Yeah, because a, a couple of weeks ago they emailed availability between everybody. You got to pick your games. When more became available, they sent a second round of emails. And, I mean, people are still waiting on their first game. So, Wow. I'll be back April 1st, and we'll see what happens from there. Awesome. I guess I just had one more question. So you give the Bruins a thumbs up on how they, they handled it as something weird of, you know, letting people in. You thought they did a good job with how they set it up, and you felt safe, you know, like you said, as someone who was very aware and conscientious of, like Mark, you know, trying uh, yeah, yeah. to do the right. Uh, everything was ten out of ten, except for the uh, the exit. They just gave up on the exit, and then everyone just exited how they want. But that's not their fault. <laughs> it's just 
when you lose 15 seconds in overtime, you're not going <laughs> to stop anybody from leaving how they want, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't hold the guy accountable. I, it was 10 to 10. I felt safe. It was clean. It was separated. And I have no fear about going back the first. That's right. Always be scared of uh, exiting men with masks. That's <laughs> it, you know? Um, oh, I was thinking more of Mad Bruins fans lost it. No, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's all. Oh, yeah. Well, we will there be watching people much you. more upset. Yep, I'm in my usual seat, so I should be seeing a lot more. I was in Loach 10. I'm back over at 3. I'm back nice. home, so let's go. I'm ready. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, Bruins, Bruins Luchador, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it and, and so happy to see you back at the garden, uh, getting the crowd going. And uh, I, I love it, man. You're a, you're a great, great member of the Bruins Nation. So keep mm-hmm. up that fandom, big guy. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Heather. Um, go Boston Pride. I want to take a second. Yeah. I know a lot of people are hopping on the bandwagon, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I went to a game before COVID, I think uh, October before last, obviously, because everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, sorry, it was before Christmas. So uh, December before last, I went to a game. Once I saw the speed they played at and how much skill they actually had and how good it was and how competitive, I was hooked. I'm glad more people got to see it. I'm glad they won, and I'm glad it was on TV. Go Pride. Awesome. Yeah, love it. Thank you, Luch. <laughs> Thank you, Luch, very much. Take care, Bye, buddy. Guys. See you soon. That was an awesome, awesome video. I mean, an uh, awesome interview with the uh, the Bruins Luchador that finally got back into the TD Garden. So good to have him on. He's such a great guy. Great guy. One and of those guy, fan base guys. can kill a donut. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He could. He <laughs> could kill a donut, man. He got. Um. He got probably world famous by. Uh, be eating the fastest donut and barstool got it and man i think he got over like a million views on that so good good on him but he's a great guy good person good heart and god he loves this team and if only 2200 of us can be in there i'm glad it's people like bruins luchador who can bring the passion for the 3000 other people who can't be in there in the well the really 11000 other people or whatever that can't be in there but <laughs> I mean, he's a good dude. Thank you so much for your time. I love that he just mentioned the pride. It makes me happy. And yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually surprised he went maskless. I know. Yeah, he, uh, he, he said he said the uh, the hair didn't fit in the mask. So <laughs> it, he was just like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going maskless. I was like, Are you still? Are you cool with that? And he's like, Yeah, dude. So uh, thank you very much for that, Bruno. Uh, let's get back to these topics. It seems that everyone seems to really think that. We need to make a move. I think that's the consensus. I'm pretty sure that's probably the consensus in the front office of the Bruins. But again, um, so your question, you had, uh, well, I mean, your topic you had said, which was kind of along the lines that I was thinking is like, how are we feeling right before the trade deadline? Do you think Don Sweeney is going to show a pulse and pull the trigger? I, I'm i going to let you go first. I, I was going to think of – I had a topic sort of like this, but I like how you worded this. What do you think? It's kind of weird. I mean, as Bruins fans, we think of trends and we just think of a non-trader Don, you know, or they call him Trader Don because he doesn't do it. Um, I don't know. I, it's so hard to do. Um, I don't know if he's like 
actually able to do a deal. I don't I get the feeling he's being constricted by Jeremy Jacobs for some unknown reason. Like he might not be able to spend the money. Um I I don't know. I I don't want it to be a for a rental. I it's just crazy. Oh, this is this is a weird one. Um I don't know. What do you well, think? Too bad. We're on it now, guys. So get it out. I my thing with this is I just watched Brendan Lemieux. Bye-bye, Brendan Lemieux. Yeah, see you later, uh, Brendan. Get his ass traded for a draft pick. We don't need draft picks. And I don't want to I I agree with you. Look for somebody with term, right? But again, if we can get someone who we can already be re-signing maybe by the end of the season, who's coming in kind of as a whatever piece, but really not, that's fine. But something has to be done. Like, again, I I understand we all want to keep all the players and I understand we all love all the prospects, but like, I also understand we still do not have at least two solid lines. Even with injuries, we still are stuck with, really productive top line. And like, again, like, so McAvoy's a little, uh, you know, and Grizzlick are having great, you know, points on the back end, you know, like it's good to see that aspect, but does it really matter if we still don't have 12 forwards that can meaningfully put more pucks in the net than they let pucks go in the net, you know what I mean? As a team. And, and that's what it comes down to. So at this point, like I love Jake DeBrusque, but if Jake DeBrusque, fucking Oscar Steen in a third round draft pick is going to cut it with someone to get a, a real, you know, again, not too old, but certainly veteran 27 year old second winger of some sort that really is going to help the offensive side of this team. And hopefully even the two way offensive. end, like we talked about the forwards got to be better on defense to help out the defense a little. I'm all for it. But I do not think they pull the trigger because that's just not what we do, whether it's because he won't let him pull the trigger, whether they can't decide. Again, I think that teams just don't want to trade with us because we value maybe our upset. I do not want to give up first round draft picks, though, because we have not been in the high end of the drafting in a long time, like meaningful, really kind of an NHL ready guy. I'm okay for giving away this one, but not for a rental. I, I do not think I, I'm going on the um, the knowledge of other people and saying that this is a very, very awkward year when it comes to scouting because we're not allowed to cross uh, provinces and, and borders and, and state restrictions and so on. We're coming into that now. We're getting more normalcy steps the further we uh, continue. But uh I don't know. I, I kind of really want to get this fine tuned before actually figuring out what you have in a first round draft pick and going back to the way it's always been done. We'll give it with, uh, give a better uh, story there for me. So I'm expendable on this one. And I, and you know, me, I'm, I'm, I'm a hoarder of freaking first round picks, but this one just doesn't feel comfortable for me, Heather. I'm, I well, just, can't. well, this is my argument to that. And this is just from, uh, is that, We have all our draft picks in this year's draft. Again, you know, years ahead of time, who is probably going to be the top hundred players during the draft. 
It doesn't variate that much because top end play, you know, and then you kind of already know. Does that mean that players maybe had this season not sucked this way, might not have grown a little more in college or in their wherever they're playing? Absolutely. But I'd rather keep my first round draft pick and let you have my draft picks six and double seven because it isn't getting any better further down. At least you're first round or second round draft pick this year is going to probably be just as solid as your normal year, third or fourth round draft pick, which is the only people the Bruins want to draft anyways. Let's be honest. That's their sweet spot. Find somebody somewhere in the sixth round. Right. So that would just be my argument about like, we have to draft anyway. So especially in this draft, wouldn't it be better to keep our higher end draft picks? Like, okay, look, I'm not giving you my first and second, but I'll give you my third and my fifth you know, or something like that. And there are plenty of teams that could use draft picks over actual assets that we have. You know what I mean? You might not have to give up anything big to get something big if you can give enough incentive. Or like you said, this draft sucks. Give away all the draft picks from four to seven if you want. But I, because of, like you said, that at least, you know, in the first three rounds, you're probably still going to pick something that is going to come to fruition. Maybe right. you're not convinced they're the Alex Lafreniere of the of the year like they should be. But you also know they're not going to be the, who the, did we just draft 32nd in the fucking whatever? Like, you know, seventh round, we're like, huh, Google, Google. Like, you just, right. I don't know, never even heard of that dude. I don't even know who that is. And they're an American. So, I don't know. That's just how I feel about that. I just, I am with you that I don't want to rental. I don't want a rental. I want somebody who is not going to suck up our cap space. You know what I mean? If we do resign them, someone who we have a meaning, if they don't have terms, someone we can meaningfully resign with thing, but that you have to work out. I don't know. Something has to give though, because this team in the current incarnation, even when injuries are done is not going to beat the Islanders in the first round. I know this because when we are healthy, we haven't beaten the Islanders yet. So once everyone switches into playoff mode, we lost to the Islanders and they don't even have Anders Lee. You know what I'm saying? So like they don't, they're missing their captain and we're missing like people that are important, but at the same time in their system, not as dramatic, you know what I mean? Cause we do have a lot of players that can, well, they've all been trained to play the same roles, you know? So that's just me. To To speed it up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, what about this? If the asking price for Buffalo is uh, for Taylor Hall, particularly, is only a first round pick, does the, that tempt you to address certain needs offensively? I'm asking you because I want you to go first on this one. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to think. He is he a free agent again this year? He is a free agent. See, that's where I have an issue, which makes me, which makes me think that's why he wanted to go to Buffalo. And I heard that Buffalo was the only one that was offering him a deal, which is absolutely crazy. Um, But there could be something into that too. Um, But I heard he went to Buffalo to possibly pad his stats. Like I'm going to probably play really well here and come up in my free agency. It's going to be a a good ticket for possibly a long-term contract. I don't know. I think Taylor Hall's thinking, I have to keep stop getting in miserable cities. So he picked Buffalo, which is miserable. But I think maybe in his head, he really bought in also to the possibility of like, okay, so they want to build around Jack. I'd love to play with Jack. You know what I mean? And another dude that knows what it's like to be on shitty team and not be able to 
truly live up to what you might have been. Taylor Hall's problem is because he's always played on crappy teams, he doesn't have the numbers. The reason he has to pad his numbers is because he's never been anywhere he can be that successful either. I mean, you can be a superstar, but you can't be your true superstar self. Not everybody's Connor McDavid who can be a one-man show until he gets a buddy that can do it too. Like, you know, right. it's a lot carrying a team. It's a lot. You see Jack Eichel starting to – it's a lot of pressure, and he's, you know, kid like that. But I don't think that anybody – I don't think we even thought Buffalo was going to be the dumpster fire they are. So now Taylor Hall was thinking, we'll see how it works out, see who they bring in. It's nice. Play with Jack, and hopefully it's a good place. Maybe I can resign and stay here or whatever. And now he's just looking to get out again. That being said, Taylor Hall has wasted 10 years of his career, 11 years of his career now, and he needs to understand no one is paying him necessarily the money that he wants. So, like, yeah, I'm not paying you $10 million, though, because you've never been the $10 million player you're supposed to be. Your clout is literally on your name recognition at this point. So, like, I'll give you a first round for him now, but Taylor Hall... You better already know that you're signing for Don Sweeney at $5 million for the next two years and see if that's, you work out. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I'm fucking thinking about. This whole yeah. deal is, number one, no, you don't trade a first-round pick for a rental. Right. And I kind of think that that's what's going to happen because watch Taylor Hall come here. The Bruins do not freaking uh, meet his expectations. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to freaking get out of town and sign a ticket elsewhere. So you have no you have no no term to deal with him at all and and kind of feel out if he's going to work here to sign long term. So I I wouldn't want to do it. So I don't know. Well, you can still put the feelers out though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Buffalo yeah. Buffalo's going to offer him something, but he's a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. It's not like he's a restricted free agent. So Don Sweeney can already be saying, "You want the fuck out of Buffalo? We're willing to take you out of Buffalo." And give, you know, in Buffalo at this point could use anything. Okay. At this point, they're trying to get players off of the Red Wings. You know what I mean? Like they are trouble. Right. But you can still be talking to the agent on the down low. Like, just so you know, like we want to pull this deal. We want to get your boy out of there, give him maybe a chance to give a new environment. Cause I really think, again, I go back to if Taylor Hall had showed up here in the first place, I think he would have been all right. And now he's had 11 years of, you know, at least Sagan's had a home in Dallas and it's stable, you know, and he's, Maybe they haven't won anything, but he's, you know, kind of had the same organization, not bouncing here to there and everywhere. Also, guy, your street cred isn't that good. So just know your boy. Like, I'm willing to maybe, if you know, but that means two weeks after the trade deadline, you better be signing a two-year deal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and his offensive numbers in Buffalo right now aren't really attractive for somebody to be like, we need, for me at least, to say, oh, yeah, we need him. And I wouldn't want to just, uh, deal a first round pick on the premises of um maybe he'll get a spark in a new freaking area I, i'm not i'm not totally involved in that there are better me, options if I would, yeah exactly you know let's explore somebody that's actually freaking scoring putting the puck in the net on a consistent basis mm-hmm. maybe that will increase their spark if they found something different and they wanted to come to Boston or something like that but not somebody that's not producing on the regular he's got like two goals this year Honestly, I don't think when Bruins, and I'm not trying to speak for all of us, so I'm really speaking for myself, but I feel like a pulse for this is when we want Sweeney to make a big deal, 
we're not necessarily like, so in free agency, yeah, we're like, go swing for the fences, dude, like lay it on if you can grab someone. But at the trade deadline, I really feel like Bruins fans, when they say make the big deal, all they're asking is you don't bet the whole fucking farm. You make real meaningful change to the chemistry lineup, whatever that is actually meaningful change. Don't trade me, you know, like whatever for whatever. That's basically the same thing. Keep who you already have signed. Like that's useless and maybe get a little term. So if it's a Taylor Hall, then yay, we can all have the shiny toy. And we got, we finally got the big free agent or whatever, <laughs> you know, or, or we traded for like someone big. Yeah, celebrate. Other than that, don't just make fucking tit for tat, though. We hate that, too. And that's why we feel like some of what he does is a failure. And I get it. It's a matter of perception. But, like, what's the fucking point? Like, if you're not meaningfully upgrading, why are you giving up anything? If it's all going to just even out to be the same sloppity slop or whatever, or is some of the moves you make, like, we're already an awesome team. And all this did was add just maybe the same awesomeness. This didn't upgrade the awesomeness. It didn't hurt the awesomeness. But now we just paid that. So... That's why I wanted to bring this up because Connor Garland's voice has been, uh, name has been thrown around. Now, a couple things about Connor Garland. I, cause, and we know if you look at the Boston Garden, hey, my grandmother once drove down to the South Shore, speaking of South Shore boys, and that's all the Bruins love is just homegrowns or college kids from this area. But his name's been around. And I brought him up to you only because even though he doesn't have a lot of term, there's a little, but he's, cheap. He is the kind of player you always advocate. There's a reason we signed the Fredericks and the whoever's to keep your salary cap low, sign them to a little bit of term, whatever, you know, as people move up and he's still in that category. He's only like making $700,000 this year and he's pretty, I mean, he's not like blockbuster, but he's, he's good for his age and his consistent. <clears throat> so is that something to consider someone like a Connor Garland who is on the cheaper level that might shake up the chemistry enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like a great I, age and see what happens. And maybe not necessarily him, but someone like that, you know, but you know, they're all in on Connor Garland. I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> so the mass ties and so on. And I don't know. I don't see it happening because he's got a long term on his mm -hmm. contract. And I don't believe that Arizona is going to want to deal with, with Boston. That's probably going to have, Close to the 18th, 20th, maybe pick around there. Mm -hmm. I think that Arizona is going to want to deal with a team that's going to be picking already in like under 10. They want to rebuild. They want to do it on a, on a fast end. Um, they do have some uh, pieces in Arizona that are very, very good and competitive. But you need to give away stuff to get more assets. And I think that kind of Garland could give you an easy first round pick in the in under 10 um, and maybe a few other players involved. Um, not, I'm not saying mm -hmm. roster players, but maybe prospects to uh, that might be uh, attractive to Arizona, but I don't see it. I don't see it happening because of where we're picking. If we were last in the league, I would say that <clears throat> that could probably be a realistic mm -hmm. thought about that draft pick anyway. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't give a first-round draft pick for Connor Garland, but at the same time, Arizona might have to understand you can't always get what you want. Like, you and everyone else is trying to shore up their team and hope that something good comes out of it. Uh, oh, speaking of that, though, did you see that Phil Kessel scored a freaking hat trick? The other day? Yeah, I did. Philly boy, what's up? I never had a 
he's kind of weird, but I never had a thing against Bill Kessel. But um, right. yeah, so anyways, that was that. But anyways, we've got some upcoming action coming up. We're playing New Jersey today at 5.30. Hopefully we'll have this podcast on. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and again, on Tuesday at 7 o'clock, all still home games. Fans still in there. Hopefully the boys will be off a of COVID protocol, at least for um, Tuesday, maybe. Uh, here's hoping. Uh, Jersey, again, they're mediocre at best. Uh, boring hockey, but they can beat us. So let's not play down injuries, whatever yeah. your excuses. Cassidy, stop bags. I don't care what has to change, but like this, we beat Buffalo barely. And that means Jersey definitely has a chance to beat us tonight. Hopefully not. So I know I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm not doom and gloom. I'm only joking, but they do look like crap a lot of the time. Just like, like not that consistent 60 minutes. They don't have the fire that they've had. So yeah, once they play uh, these teams, they, they, they look like shit in my opinion. Yeah. And then Thursday and Saturday next week uh, at seven and uh, we have Pittsburgh on Saturday at one, uh, at home, playing them a couple times. Pittsburgh looks much more like Pittsburgh uh, than the beginning of the year. But, uh, again, I, I really feel with the Bruins team, I don't uh, – yeah, because they're above us, but they have a good chunk. We have games we have to play, but they have a good chunk of points. So, like, we have to beat no, – no more, like, if we beat Jersey. Like, we have to beat Jersey. We have to take one from Pittsburgh, which we usually split the series, you know, like a back, you know – two game in a row situation like that, whatever I'm trying to say. Uh, but we got to win. Like they need to get no shit six out of the next eight points. If we don't want to be fourth facing the Islanders, which is the worst thing that can happen to us. If we continue to be in the playoffs, because what if I don't, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but let's throw it out. What if everyone doesn't get healthy? Yeah. We can't use the if people get healthy. We have to realistically look at it. Again, don't bet the farm on some crazy trade. If you got to limp around to the end, that's fine. That's what's yeah, going to happen. That's a valid point. It's going to be pain. But at the same time, what if we don't get healthy? So here's to hopefully beating, uh, again, believe in Nest team, my friends. Um, but playing on later, hopefully we get six out of the eight. Hopefully we get eight out of eight, but I'm a realist. So like, let's reach for six. We got to know that we might lose. All right. We've already uh, lost John Moore. Yeah. John Moore has season ending surgery. So he's out. Um, I, I really didn't see much of a factor of him this year. He tried to come uh, back, get in the lineup. It just didn't work out. Um, I'm not sure what his future is going to be like. I'm not going to kick a guy when he's down with injuries and so on, but um, this might be a an avenue that the Bruins might be able to explore is a buyout. I know we've been talking about it for several, I mean, well, it almost seems like several seasons now. Uh, just to move that money, he's got 2.5, 2.6, whatever, 2.7, something like that on, on the books that could be used elsewhere to address other needs. And um I don't know. What are your thoughts on his future here? I believe he's got one more full season or two. Yeah, I think there's one. I think one more for him. Um, I don't know. I like having people like the John Moores and the Steve Campers of the world around for exactly this situation, right? Like, I we all agree. I don't want John Moore being like my first six choices to be my defenseman, right? But it, we need bodies too because we have bodies dropping everywhere. 
Yes, I agree. Like now we can, cause he's on long, you know, you can use that money elsewhere. They probably will buy him out because it, the one thing we have said about John Moore is, is at least he doesn't cost you that much, even with how well, you know, well or not well he plays. It's not like some of the players we've had up on the ninth floor or whatever that are getting paid $6 million to like just suck dry money and nothing. You know, he isn't someone who doesn't at least try to give you the effort. So I'm not, you know, Eating 2.7, I think is what it is that we can take. And I do think it's only one more year, but I'm not sure. I'm not cap friendly. I don't have it memorized, but it would also suck to see it, him have to end like this. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like a, it's not a good situation for him because now he's an older defenseman that, yeah, he's going to get his money. But like, you know, from a player standpoint, that's, you know, it's going to be hard for him to find somewhere else to play. You know what I mean? It, to even get the chance to have a little. So it kind of sucks like that way. But at the same time, that's the kind of money I'm talking about for players like a Connor Garland that are still young. They might have some term and they're getting paid crap. But those are the players you might be able to apply that to. So, I mean, I think it sucks it had to be this way. But I do think that in the end, they're going to end up buying them out. Yeah. All right, let's cut, fly through these because we're running out of time. Uh, should we be worried about the Boston Bruins and goaltender Tuka Rass? They say he probably just because he didn't get his reps didn't know, but do you think that maybe because of the way we've been playing that maybe Tuka should have not started till Thursday? Yes, I totally agree with that. I thought he came back way too soon. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's, no. There's still no excuse for Yaroslav uh, Lalak to be ready for that game. Yeah, well, there's again, there's been no excuses on a lot of things going on with this team you know what i mean the, yeah, the last true. few weeks so yeah, i'm not um, overly worried about it we'll see what happens um okay so let's speak about goaltending yes we understand yarrow needs to be a little better right but in the end what's the worst that happens if he's playing like like whatever let Vladar get more starts then like you know what i mean if it's too much for yarrow then really thing but about goaltending there was a lot of hate i had kind of brought up one of the comments but He's getting like mixed reviews. So I just, as a goalie guy who's, who's watched him a lot, I just want to well, reiterate, like, ev- just, I think everybody calm the fuck down. He's had yeah, three games crazy, and he doesn't man. look that bad. Look at this. Every- this. This is one that, like I said, I'm not going to say any names um, yeah. or anything like that, but it's just absolutely nuts. So in this tweet uh, that was tweeted out by somebody that just absolutely doesn't know hockey, obviously, uh, Vladar crapped his pants against Tampa Bay in the playoffs too. The league's history is filled with players that excel in the minors, juniors, and overseas. But when it comes to those players, when they reach the NHL, the moment for the league skill is too much for them to succeed. Wow. That is bad. I don't, I kind of think that that is something that's just reactionary to what the team is doing right now. They're not playing very well, and and people are just, uh, they're frustrated. So, okay. They create a narrative. Well, there was a whole entire chain of like, what in the guy? Like, like, are you a little bit worked up about the goaltend? Like, you're just that was on Twitter. This one's on Facebook. Uh, This person said, "I said a couple weeks ago that Vladar was not technically sound uh, goalie, and not and got crap for it. While I stick to my assessment, he is not ready for this level, and I don't think he ever will be." That's yeah, probably I, after Vladar gave up that puck to a Islanders player that snuck it right in the net. Yeah, I just 
again, it was a couple bad goals. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy that the meltdown is going on right now. And you can't, nobody can give these goaltenders any time or any uh, length of time to prepare themselves for a different level. It's just either you, you come in and you have to be uh, an award-winning goaltender or you're absolutely shit. And it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I feel so bad for these young goaltenders that are coming up to the system, knowing that there's going to be certain fans in Boston that freaking are going to hate you because they did the same thing with freaking Tuka Rask. It's the same path as this freaking hate's coming from. It's just disgusting. Well, I say this, the goaltending is fine. Okay. The whole team is having issues. Yarrow has also looked brilliant at times. You know what I mean? He has looked yucky the last week and a half or whatever, but the week and a half before that, he pulled out three wins or whatever kind of thing. You know, so just, I mean, I don't know if that's statistically true. I'm not looking at, you You know what I mean, though? He's going back and forth and back and forth. That's fine. It happens. Again, he's not designed to be the starter. He's not supposed to be the one starting three out of the four games that week. He's supposed to be the guy that is doing the one game. So the, you know, Tuca, it is what it is. It can't get any worse with Ladar and that, and he hasn't looked that bad. Everyone calm down. Tuka hopefully yeah. will be fine injury-wise. Halak is going to get out of his own head, I think, and, like, he's probably got, like, Fuck, stop talking about my glove side. Like, he knows. Like, again, like, players know when they're playing like shit. So, again, that's why bag skating or, like, how many times. Bring up the narrative, but Vladar is fine. Like, I don't know. I just – this Bruins – this fan base is crazy. I don't right, know. Let's, do let's go to something happier. How about yes. this? Boom! Woo! Boston Pride, baby! The Boston Pride are the 2021 NWHL champions for the second time in five years. What a weekend. So happy that this team finally got back on the ice and, and completed a mission that was that was started with a 21-1 season back in, um, in the 2019-20 campaign. Uh, COVID ruined it. The day of... I believe on the day before they were actually, these two teams were actually going to play for the championship. It got canceled and then that was it. And um, they tried to do it in Lake Placid. It didn't work out, but they had to, they wanted to get it done and name a winner and they made it happen in Boston and to all parties out there. uh, Kudos on the job. Well done. The national coverage, NBC sports, the apps, the Twitch, the coverage was out there, so folks cannot deny uh, them, um, you know, not being able to see it. It's it was amazing, and uh, very proud of Boston, uh, the team, the the city, uh, for grasping ladies hockey like this. Um, it's an emotional time, and when they won it, I was an emotional wreck. It was awesome. It was just yeah. so cool. So, uh, congrats to the Boston Pride on winning the Isabel Cup. Yeah, they uh, fought their butts off when they got up to Lake Placid. They really, I think uh, Coach Mara said uh, we got punched in the face a little (laughs) up in Lake Placid, and they did. It was, you know, and then unfortunately they didn't get to all finish up in Lake Placid, but Friday night they took on the first seed uh, Toronto Six. Again, congratulations on your first season. Welcome to the fold. Uh, And they won in good style. It was like six to two. Uh, yesterday's game was insane with the white caps. Like I just, that last 19 seconds, I just really, I was like, Oh God, but that's cause I'm a Bruins fan, but I knew the girl, the ladies, I say the girls, you know, whatever, but the ladies would get it done. Um, and I just, I couldn't be prouder. So I'm so, 
sick of hearing the championship drought. There is no championship drought. You know why? Because the Pride finished their revenge tour, hashtag revenge tour, and did it on home ice. They don't drop the championship on home ice the way that sometimes the gentlemen do. Get it done. We're just so proud of you. I was very happy to see how many people were obviously watching the game or, you know what I mean, tuning in, checking up. There she is. There's a bell cup. That was so funny, that video last night. Oh, you want to meet my friend Isabel? Don't be shy. (laughs) I love it. So anyways, ladies, very proud of you representing the city, representing yourselves, representing the NWHL and strides in women's hockey. The NWHL has come a long way in the last year. Uh, Avenues opening up for them and stuff. And yay, women's hockey on national TV. Yeah, (laughs) awesome. Yeah, so... Uh, real quick, I just wanted to just a thumbs up, thumbs down. Too much getting fired, the ref this week, uh, Tim Peel, or not too much yeah, given was, that we all was, know, make, or it, not it, enough. They did what they had to do. You know, the guy, that's it. You know, you, you don't do that on a hot mic. And and he was retiring anyway at the end of the season. So that I get that. But for me, it's like, does that justify it? Because honestly, like, Colin Campbell's a fucking joke. And, uh, like that's my personal view. I think it's the league is a joke. Like so, again, because he's I can see relieving, and I, we don't know if he just like now he's just getting the rest of his paycheck and he's at home. But like he doesn't have any officiating duties anymore, right? But at the same time, I feel like it might be a little overkill. Like maybe don't let him do the playoffs or whatever. Now you get a fine and a strike. You know, like if you talk out again or whatever. And I get getting caught in all the hot, but like to me, it happens all the time. We all know that. So I don't know. It has it has future implications on this, especially when it comes to gambling. If you if they brought him back into the fold at any capacity, that won't look good on future money making opportunities. um, To say that you know, because you know, some idiot out there will be like, "Well, the refs are fixed because of this game," and so on. There's going to be something said about it. I also know anyone who would be voting on hockey shouldn't be stupid enough to not think that happens. It happens yeah. everywhere and everywhere. Well, I know. I mean, that being said, don't be an idiot and get caught on a hot mic. I mean, exactly. Be more exactly. aware. Absolutely. I'm on board for that. But at the same time, it's not the playoff. Like, you know, whatever. And I get you have to make an example, but that's yeah. that. All right. Do we have hashtag BNGs? I saw a couple. I, I didn't put any up. We're, we're actually running way out of time. So. We are not going to do hashtag AskBNGs. How many were there? There were two. And I'm looking at the time on the screen, and that's definitely, remember, there's some time to be off. But, I mean, no, you can. I know, but all right, let's go. Let's do them real quick. I'm not, I didn't put them up here. Chad McVee, uh, Clovis asked us, uh, hey, guys, with the way that the team is going right now, do we make a small push for the playoffs as to get as far as we can or save the assets? to make bigger trades in the off season. I would go save the assets and, and make a trade in the off season because I don't think that this is a Stanley cup Boston Bruins team. I think they can make the playoffs and do okay. I don't think they have the, the pieces to, um, to put it together a winner. And I hate saying that. Yeah. We, we don't have enough. I think that will make a championship team happen. If we yeah. can get something good and it's a reasonable trade, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. But if not, let's just limp through because we'll have better options in the off season. It's not one move. It's going to be several moves that are needed to, to freaking do this. Yeah, that that's a good point. Uh, okay, and Chad asks us, Chad McVean, uh, if Rask is out for a while, should the bees be sellers and focus? What should they 
be sellers and focus on next year, like what sell Tuca. I mean, obviously you can't really sell Tuca. I don't know what that one's about, but if the bees go for it, what are the top trade targets? Again, where I, I don't really know what, cause I don't know. I can't deal with all the behind the scenes stuff. So it's hard for me to say, but I would say like the people, I, I mean, for me, like we need a Kyle and Paul Mary type player or someone cheap with some term, like a Connor Garland, maybe not him specific, you know, with these kind of players, we cannot, and we do not have the assets and or the cap space to go out and get someone like, unless it's a beautiful, beautiful deal on our end, a tailor or someone with that kind of thing. So that's just for me. Uh, why can't we stay healthy? I have no idea. I feel like we've been particularly hit with the injury bug. How good is Richie? Uh, Richie was not good, but yesterday afternoon, he almost he almost could have been the stud of the week, but McAvoy is just so much more study than Nick Richie, so it couldn't happen. Um, and what, who don't you want to face in the playoffs? The uh, island. The island is. Yeah, <laughs> the island is. I'm not sure about the Tuka Rask one. Um, I, I, I don't know. We've talked about if, our trades a little. I don't bit. know if he's talking about trading them and so on, but uh, sorry, Chad, I didn't read down that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So well, I, 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 I I'm sorry. I wish we had these freaking Ashby and cheese up here. My bad. I'm dropping the ball. Uh, no just, worries. One last one. Everyone forgives you. They all love you. They keep coming back, don't they? They've been listening to you for four or yeah, five I know, years. But you know how much I years. try to be a perfectionist. So I know the last all twenty right. games. Oh, sorry. This is from Nanook the Bitch. The last 20 games come in the span of 34 days. The back-to-backs against the same teams, especially the Capitals on the 11th of April, with the injuries and squad being stretched, uh, plus young players. What do we do? We Can we expect more than 20 points? Sorry, I fucked that up. Will that be enough for fourth? Mm. I don't know. I uh, I wish I could see I this. Think- I think they have to figure it out, even if there are injuries. You need to figure it out, regardless of trades, anything else. Like, if you even want to be in the playoffs, the first step is figuring out, even with injuries, how to win. Like, figure out whatever you need to figure out as a team. Because if not, it's not even going to matter. I'm concerned about when we'll drop it. I don't want us to go on a great tear and then lose the last 12 games, because that will be counterproductive, too, because we're already barely... You know, we're not solid fourth. We could easily not be fourth. So that that's just me. Um, I definitely don't want to see the Islanders, though. I don't want to see – I don't want Peugeot anywhere near my goddamn team in the playoffs. I just don't want him to even look at us. I don't want us to play them again at this point. I just, <clears throat> we're almost All done. Right. Go. All right. Uh, we are officially done with this uh, seg- this episode. Running out of time here. Uh, sorry about that. Um, we didn't get to the appropriately get to the questions from the listeners. I will be better on getting the images up there so I can read them myself. So I uh, apologize for that. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate it. Thank you to the uh, the Luchador. Uh, he was uh, on, I guess, he was, I guess, earlier. We really appreciate having him on. And um, it was great talking to him about the experience of uh, TD Garden and and being welcome back. So uh, thank you for the shares. Thank you for everything. Check us out on StreamYard. We do our Tuesday uh, live stream at 6.30 every week, talking Bruins, having drinks with my friend Jared and Nick from the Dump and Change Hockey Podcast. Check out the blackandgoldhockey.com website, please. We'd certainly appreciate that. Um, And we will talk to you next week. Uh, Let's go, Bees. It starts today. Four games uh, on on this homestand. 
mm-hmm. this week. So we have uh, New Jersey and Pittsburgh for two apiece. So hopefully we can get some points and get out of that fourth position. So let's go, Bees. Thank you very much, Heather. I'm Mark Allred. Peace out, everybody. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.